Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. It's a powerful night already, and it's just going to keep getting better and better and better and betterer. Yes, I said betterer, because that's the only word that's going to describe accurately what's about to happen, because we have Pastor Jurgen and Leanne in the house tonight, and they're both going to be sharing. My beautiful wife, Lisa, is going to be coming up as well. We are in our relationship series, so we're going to be talking about marriage and family and relationships, and we're going to be gleaning from 33 years of marriage and ministry and parenting and the power of God moving. Would you help me welcome up Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, leaders of Awakened Church, and Pastor Lisa as well. Are we on? Thank you, worship team. Everybody can grab a seat. Didn't the worship team do amazing? What a powerful, incredible night. Jared Van Tassel, his beautiful wife, Mandy, lead the worship team, do a fantastic job. Well, as I said, we are excited to have so much wisdom, so much knowledge so much faith in our leaders here tonight. And I just wanted to kind of set the stage a little bit uh, about what we want to do. As I mentioned, we're going to be talking about some, some very important topics that are relevant right here today. But it's, it's such a rare occurrence that we have both Pastor Jurgen and Lee. I know, it's so great. With us. I love being with him and being with you guys. And so really what we want to do is, is we want to invite you into the Meticius living room tonight. Yep. So, so much discipleship, so much knowledge. When Jesus was with his disciples, happened around the dinner table, happened in the living room, maybe around a coffee table that he made with his own hands. I don't know. It might have <laughs> happened. But so welcome to the Meticius household tonight. We're excited to glean from you and learn so much. Yep, so true. And you're going to want to take notes during this. So if you have your notebooks, grab those. And I'm excited for tonight because we're going to talk about some things and go over some topics that you wouldn't normally hear the answers to, to those things on a normal preach or a normal Sunday. So we get to right. ask them questions and we get to hear the wisdom that they have learned over their years of life in ministry and raising kids and all of those things. So we're excited. We're going to get right into it so we can use as much time as possible. All right. So we are still in our relationship series. And so we are going to start off kind of in an easy, uh, on an easy we'll topic. Ease into this yes. a little bit. <laughs> we'll save the curly ones for the end. So... <laughs> We're going to ease on um, just the beginning. So, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, you guys are so incredible at building friendships, keeping friendships, and honestly, um, you know, you are some of the most generous and, and loving people and, um, the, you know, kindest people that we've ever known. So, we would love to hear from you guys um, about how to build friendships, and, um, you know, sometimes we don't know how to have a good friendship because yeah. one hasn't been modeled to us. So help us today to, to be better friends and how to make friends. I'm going to start by saying this, and I think this is a good thing to write down if you're you know, new in church or maybe have experienced some loneliness. I want you to write this down. Um, what kind of friend would I like to have and then become that friend? Wow. wow. Because a lot of people are looking for, well, I wish I had friends that were this and that and the other thing. But like any relationship, we have to think, what am I giving? Because the Bible says that what we sow will reap. A lot of people don't understand that that principle translates to every area of our life. Wow. And so we can get very disillusioned in relationships wow. because we're coming from a needs perspective as opposed to what am I giving? Another question to write down would be this one, and it might be quite confronting. Would I like to be friends with me? And ask, ask yourself that question when you're alone yeah. and, and really answer it honestly. Because loneliness is an epidemic right now and I think it's also tantamount to the amount of selfishness in the world. 
And a lot of people are trained to be selfish just by the spirit of this world. It's not that they, you know, necessarily make a decision. I'm going to be selfish today. It's just, it's the culture of the world. And so they just act like everybody else is and wonder why they're lonely and their world's small. But if you write those two questions down and honestly answer them, that will be the beginning of what will be deep, meaningful relationships uh, that you'll be able to enjoy in your life. And I would have to say this guy, one of the greatest friends um, to his friends. Like he, he's way better. I'm, I'm kind of like if, if you're in my peripheral, if you're in my world, like kind of out of sight, out of mind, I'm not an excellent long distance friend. <laughs> um, my friends in Australia hear from me like once or twice a year. But then when you're in my sphere, I'm like, no time has passed. But he's actually really, really great at keeping in touch with his friends all from all over the world. He has tons of friends and he's, he's excellent. So I think you have something good to say too on that. Oh, well, I, I just, how do I top that? Those two Well, questions. that was the top answer, yeah. I agree. <laughs> but you can add, <laughs> you can add. Huh. Because you do it. You live yeah. it. Yeah, you know, the Bible says do? he who has friends must himself be friendly, which I think goes back to your first statement that, um, you know, if you're looking to get, your, your world is a shrinking world. Yeah. If you're looking to extract, you know, if you're continually extracting from your bank account, it's going to get, whatever you extract from decreases. If you have a pie and you extract, yeah. extract, extract, and so... You know, Leanne really hit the, the nail on the head, you know, give. And, and I, I've actually had the opportunity, especially in 2020, uh, to um, so different to how I was receiving. Wow. You know, uh, SOW. So there were some, some things that got back to me that people said that weren't very kind, that they said that they were my friends. And so, you know, it hurts a little bit. And I just thought, ah, oh, you know, actually, you know, in this season, I'm not sure if people are making their best choices or have the clearest judgments. So I'm actually going to reach out and bless. Because Jesus says, you know, bless those who curse you. You know, Jesus said, if you're, if you're kind to those who are kind to you, how, how are you any different to the people who aren't born again? How are you any different to the Gentiles, he says? You know, how are you any different to people who don't carry the Spirit of God? You got the Spirit of God. You have, a, you have a well, a resource that you can draw on. And it's amazing. One of those relationships, I would say now, would probably be one of my best friends. And we, we talk every single week. And, um, you know, they say if you break your leg, where that leg was broken, it heals stronger than it was before it was broken. And it's almost impossible to break it there again. And I've, I find that sometimes there are just fractures. And so sometimes be the Christian, be the bigger person, forgive, you know, be kind. And if you're not gracious in relationships, you'll end up having none. Because every relationship we have, and especially friendships, are going to require grace. And again, put it this way. Would I like that person to be gracious with me when I'm a little bit selfish or I lack awareness or I'm thoughtless? And if the answer is yes, then give that. But quite often we treat ourselves with a ton of grace, but then someone else in our world who breaks one of our commands that they don't know we have, all of a sudden they're, you know, they're banished to the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And, and it's so sad to me because I think a lot, especially in churches too, a lot of people come to church for Jesus, but they leave a church because of a soured relationship. The devil really uses the souring of relationships and the lack of people to forgive in order to bring division and even, um, you know, breakups in the church where people are completely disenfranchised. I think we have to be smarter. We have to uh, do what Pastor Jürgen said, especially in this last season. 2020 to 2023 is an extra grace required season because everybody went a little bit crazy, let's be honest. <laughs> can, can, I, can I just jump in? Um, because, you know, there's a saying that life moves at the speed of relationships. The first thing that God said was not good was for man to be alone. And it, which even that by itself is an astounding comment because Adam wasn't alone. He had God. And so only the God of the Bible, the God of the Bible proves that he is the one true God above Buddha, above all the other 
or all the other gods, because all the other gods are capricious and controlling. Only the real legit God can say to Adam, I am not enough. It's not, good that, it's not good that man should be alone. The angel would say, he's not alone. You walk with him every day. And God said, no, no, he needs this. He needs this. He needs companionship. Adam wasn't complaining. Adam wasn't saying that he was lonely. God is so magnificent that he, he looked and interpreted the needs of somebody else and put it ahead of himself and created a helpmate. So, so there's a saying that life moves at the speed of relationship. It's not good that man should be alone. Uh, I would even say to you that, that we count wealth and riches. One of the ways is by friendships and relationships. You can have all the money in the world, but if you've got no friends, you're the poorest person in the world. That's right. So let me just, this is a lead in to, on, in the car on the way here, we're talking to uh, Leanne's brother-in-law, Pastor Andrew Kabbalah, and he's like, oh, give me one tip. Give me one tip on on relationships and we're like hey we're trying to hang up so we can talk and pray before we get into church and so like, just give me one tip one tip and then Leanne said something unbelievably profound about the fruit of the Holy Spirit so how many people know that this is a church that, that you know moves in the gifts of the Holy Spirit but there's also nine fruit of the Holy Spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness and self-control Tell, tell us, I've been married to this young lady for, it'll be 31 years, so the courting is, kind of rounds it up to 33, but 31 years this, this August 15, so Valentine's Day is our six-month checkpoint, which is, so God kind of put that in there, um, but tell us, what is your revelation on the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Well, I mean, they can only be outworked in relationships when other people are around. You don't need any of them unless there's someone else in the room. So good. Uh, unless there's someone else in your world. You don't need to be that loving, is just patient. My, you don't need that. The, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is activated only in relationships. It's so only good. when somebody, I've got to love, oh my gosh, you know what, I'm not letting them steal my joy. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that place of peace that I get from the Holy Spirit. Okay, here's a little bit of long-suffering. I'm just going to endure with this. You know, faithfulness, goodness. I'm going to be good. You know, goodness means just doing it not because there's a reason. Yeah. Goodness, right. gentleness, self-control. All needed. All and needed. I, I just, so I don't get struck by lightning, I actually heard Kong, see, he say that, just so it's not accredited to me. <laughs> but oh. it's still an excellent thought. I told you that when I told you, you never told yesterday. Me that. <laughs> you but said, babe, I, look what I just heard. <laughs> look what I just made I up. I didn't. I didn't. I don't want to, like, I believe it, I live it, but I just don't want to take credit for the originality of that okay. thought, All just right, in fair case. Enough. Fair enough. He listens and he's like, that was my line. <laughs> that was my idea. So Sorry. good, incredible. This is like the best job ever because I just, we just like put the ball up on the tee and then watch them like hit it straight to the green every time. So we're going we're gonna to shift over a little bit now to, to family and, and specifically family conflict. As you said, Pastor Leanne, yeah. the last few years have been giving us plenty of opportunities to have uh, various agreements or disagreements with, with our family. Now, now, friendships, as you said, you know, maybe they're seasonal, right? Maybe you're friends for a time and then you move halfway around the world and you don't right. see them very often. But your yeah. family is always your family. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there, there's, there's some relationships, some situations where, where it, it, it's not like you want to run away from them. It's not like you should run away from it. You, like, you, you need to battle for it. You need to fight for it. Um, can you speak a little bit into maybe uh, as family conflicts arise, you know, what are some things that we can do to, to maybe repair relationships? What are the things that we maybe should and shouldn't do to, to um, build relationships or, um, you know, decide when, when we need to stand our ground or, or when we should give space or time for them to, to do what's right for them? I might jump in. You go start. first. So... Uh, if you've got any type of uh, history buff in you, there's a statement, you too, Brutus? Yeah. And it was when Julius Caesar was stabbed, wow. you know, and murdered by, by one of his, you know, trusted insiders. 
And it's a very, very powerful statement because it, it tells us that the, the people who can do us the most hurt and the most pain are the people closest to us. That's right. So they say you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family or slash your relatives. And so we, we found that quite often, you know, Thanksgiving creates anxiety and stress, as does Christmas. And, and especially if you come from a broken family, a blended family, there's eggshells to walk on, there's delicate, there's things not to mention, there's, you know, and so it just, it can become, so I've actually found that um, compartmentalizing is really, really important. You know, that, that uh, you know, kind of putting, putting people, this person a little bit reckless, reckless with their words, reckless with their actions, so I'm going to make sure that they're not up close and personal with a butcher's knife in their hand. I'm going to love on them and smile and wave and be kind, yes. but I'm not going to let them into that, that inner sphere. And, uh, and I, just, I just think that there's a lot of people that, um, you know, are not wise and they get wounded. Yeah. You know, but I, I think the second thing, and I, I learned all of this from this young lady. Uh, Leanne, I would say, is a brilliant relational engineer. Um, th there was a few times where I said, okay, I'm going to have this meeting with this, this person and we're going to do it in this place. And Leanne says, that's completely, you know, inappropriate. That conversation you can't do in a coffee shop. Oh, I'm going to take this person to lunch and tell them they're fired. And I'm like, you can't fire someone over lunch, for goodness. Like, like you. And I'm, so I'm You're just fired. Stupid. Now, would you like the chicken or the steak? <laughs> that went awkward. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, and so, so I, I, had, I had the right intentions, but often, you know, just kind of no, no context. And then I remember... Uh, there was a, a couple of situations where we needed, you know, relational things. And Leanne said, you know what, we're actually no longer going to be in their home or have them in our home relatives because they make it difficult. They control the atmosphere. We feel smothered. We feel shut down. So we meet certain people, certain family members in a restaurant. So we'll just say, hey, we booked a really nice restaurant. We'd love to spend, so we can leave whenever we kind of like. Yeah, we're in control. Yeah, you're, yeah. Not, you're not, you're not, you're not kind beholden, of beholden yeah. to, you know, their antics. So you, you're not controlling, but you are controlling the atmosphere just to, to guard your own heart and your own emotions. Otherwise, people will trample all over them. So you've got to be wise in that. Um, and I think you're so right. And then also learning, even though uh, we absolutely need to stand our ground on our convictions, like, don't poke the bear. Like, a lot of people, well, you know, I'm going to go into my Democratic family and tell them how I voted for Trump and just drop that bum on the thing. Like, don't do it. Why? What? They already know you love Hang Trump. On, you don't need to... You don't need to... Like, just don't... I would just say, just be... Just don't stir the pot have the right conversations at the right time. Like, try to live a life of peace if you can. But when conflict finds you, respond maturely and courageously. But for the love, don't go looking for it. Yeah. Can, can I try it? That was so good. Some love for that. Can I tie, tie a bow on that? Um, probably one of the things that, that I've learned that, that we apply in our workplace, that we apply, you know, throughout the church and that... that um, I've seen applied in our own life is it's a very, very powerful saying it's worth writing down or at least memorizing. Always remove power from controllers. Always remove power from controllers. So I remember maybe just under a decade ago, we were down under and we're staying in a person's house who invited, offered, you know, put out this very, very generous offer, hey, come and stay with us. And I was just happy to go surfing. So I go surfing, but I come back and I realized the person wanted to control this one and tell this one what day it was and what time it was and everything else. And so I could see that um, the free accommodation and the, the, the housing and whatever came, came with, with a, price a horrible tag. price. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they were cruel and nasty and so I said okay well that's it we're gonna go and stay in a hotel no matter what it costs and so that was a, a catalyst but for us it was a very very good lesson that don't don't never give people who are controllers in your family never power. give them that power 
Yep. So good. <laughs> free accommodation, but it ain't free. It's going to cost you a lot. Never free. And, it's, and your piece should not be up for negotiation. So if you need to get an Airbnb so and then go have dinner with, that, with those controlling parents and honour them in that way, then so be it. But do not insert yourself in that situation when you're, where you're under their control. And, and that's a scripture. Did you know that? Jesus said, Jesus sent the disciples out two by two, and he says, whatever town you enter, inquire in it who's worthy, and then stay in that person's house. And when you arrive at the house, speak and say peace to this house. If the owner of the house is a son of peace, your peace will rest on that house. If not, turn around, pick up your bags, leave and walk out, find somewhere else to stay. So your peace is so important. And don't, don't let someone, just because their uncle this or brother that or sister, you know, rob you of your peace. If they're a controller, take that power away. Don't, don't stay in their home. Wow. So Brilliant. Come on. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one just quick follow-up on, on family conflict. You know, from global financial crisis to housing bubble burst to COVID to recession to inflation, it affects different people differently. And, and in this house, we believe that if we have faith, then we're not subject. We're not subject to the That's things right. that can happen in this world. We can yeah. overcome yeah. by faith. But not everybody has had that revelation yet. And they're riddled with fear or anxiety yes. about a lot of these things. Yes. So, you know, maybe you can share a little bit on, you know, when maybe there's family members that, that are operating under a spirit of fear. Yeah. We're operating in freedom and faith. You know, how can we find a common ground or how can we help bring them out of that or how can we relate to those people? Yeah. Well, sometimes you can't. And I think that's the reality that a lot of people need to face is that uh, your values and convictions are not shared by your family members. And so you need to be just very clear that these are our values. I'm not going to impose them on you. Now, if you ask me questions about my faith and why I do things the way I do them, I'm going to share them, I'm going to encourage you, but I'm not going to give you opportunity to tear down the values or, or get me to compromise the values that God has spoken to me and our family. These are our values. And just like I wouldn't impose and demand that you live my values, I am asking the same from you. And I think if you just remove that, like we have to find a place of compromise, sometimes you just can't. Yeah. It's like, you, you believe that, you rock on with your bad self, and I'm going to be over here believing the Bible, right. and Come if on. you ever, Amen. you know, want to have a conversation about that, I'm willing, I'm not going to sit in judgment of you, nor condemn you, but I'm going to, I'm going to do me, and, uh, you know, that, that's how it's going to roll. I think, of course, you, you want to approach everything from the perspective of, of trying to keep peace where it's possible. The Bible does say, uh, wherever it's up to you, be at peace with all men. So sometimes it's not up to us. Somebody else has decided they want to be a jack wagon and they don't want to go be around you because you go to that awakened church. Then I guess they miss out on the awesomeness of being your friend or your family member. It is what it is. Um, I'm just going to be over here loving God and building the church and living my best life. Come join me when you want to, but I'm not coming over to your side. So just, just be Brilliant. at peace, you know, like, you know, yeah. And, and that in itself will torment them. <laughs> but there's nothing you can do. People are just going to get wound up, aren't they? I know, just living in peace and freedom. They're like, I'm, why are you living like that? How when dare you? In a cave, I want you over here with me. It's like they want <laughs> yes. you to be hiding with them. Come and be afraid with me. It's true. So not us, though. Mm -hmm. So let's, um, um, that is so brilliant. So let's, let's take that a little bit into um, our marriages now. So you guys have so much wisdom in this area. And share with us how we can resolve conflict well and what are some things that help to resolve conflict and maybe things to avoid that don't help us in our conflict resolution. We've done all the things to avoid so we have good. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering why that quick snap of the head and <laughs> Well because I spoke last last question I wanted to make sure we're sharing the communication. So it's not just I the thought, Leanne I thought it show. might have been. So yeah so I, I definitely was a, an avoider of conflict uh, whereas Leanne's family um, openly would discuss and resolve conflict. So my father ran away from home at 14, never repaired or resolved that relationship. 
left East Germany, never went back. Um, you know, never saw his brothers again, his sister. Uh, you know, so he has, it, my dad has this track record that I didn't realize of running away from problems. So when we got married and there was conflict, I would avoid I'm it. walking away from the troubles in my life, but then I would chase him. So uh, I didn't let him get far. So she would, get she, back would, she would chase me. She would chase me. And, uh, Oh, oh my gosh! I and chased so him. She might have been singing "I'm Walking Away," but no, you were singing. I that. was so stupid. I was. I. She would get inflated, and for whatever reason, oh gosh, I was so young and stupid. Oh, I was such a moron. I thought that this would calm her down. She was losing her ish, and so I began to sing "Talking Heads," "Psycho Killer." Do you know what makes a woman psycho? Being called a psycho. Not wondering. I will make her Not realizing this would only aggravate the situation. So the next one, you know, fry pans are flying at my head. Fins are getting kicked out of my surfboard. I thought maybe I need to find a different song. Psycho killer seemed to fit the situation, but it's not working. And usually, you preached this the other day, and I will say... Pastor Egan's message from last Sunday at Balboa was excellent because you talked about how God puts opposites together and if you aren't opposite, he'll kind of make you opposite in order to have strength in your marriage. And that was definitely true for us because you you would run, I would chase. You would simmer and kind of percolate and I would just verbally vent. so in between there, somehow we made it for, yeah. th- for 30 years, but we learned a thing I or two. I think two, the two things that we learned on there is, is uh, apologize. You know, yeah. um, again, Elton John, the, why is sorry the hardest word? Sorry seems to be the hardest word. And I think it is, but I think that um, sometimes we can say sorry, 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 thinking that resolves the issue. And I think that, that sorry yeah. is almost like when you're playing Uno, and you got to draw four. That's a sorry. Just slip it in here. Like wait for the. You got to wait for the moment. Like draw four, draw four. Bam. You know you don't. And you know because if it comes back on you now you're drawing you know sixteen. So, um, but so sorry you have to have you have to have sorry, because you know God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So at some point. Sorry will be introduced, whether it's right at the beginning, whether it's in the middle, at the end. But I think where, where most relationships break down is we never resolve. Yeah. We never talk Just about things. Just goes under the rug. We sweep it under, under the rug until we're tripping rug. over the rug and then we decide, I don't want to live in this house with you because I keep tripping over and bumping my head. Mm. And I think that, that resolution is the biggest one. And so we, we actually found that we had to put some rules around uh, resolution. The first one is no name calling. Mm. Wow. As angry or as hurt as we are, um, no name calling. No, believe it or not, no use of absolutes. You always, no you never, never. you know. Though, and but it's very easy to slip into those things. And um, and then we we kind of we kind of uh, give each other permission. And I think that's a really good thing because it shows respect. So let's imagine, um, you know, Leanne has, you know, disappointed me. She kicked the fins out of my surfboard again. And uh, not that I'm giving you permission. But <laughs> I'll, I'll, and I was taking her out now. I'm like, hey, Leanne, you know, I need to talk to you about something that's a little bit delicate. You know, are you okay with that? You know, and she might say, well, what is it? I'm like, well... You know, I need to talk to you about my surfboard and the fact that fins are missing. Are you good right now? Can, can we bring this up? Can we discuss it? And then she'll say, well, you know, if you're going to accuse me, da, da, da. and I said, well, baby, what if I remain calm? And I promise you, if I lose my temper, you have the right to end the conversation, but I'm going to stay calm. And you, you're always trying to, because the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. Yeah. And, and asking permission, hey, listen, can I just... To me, it seems like there's an anger issue. Now, really, this is flipped because I was the one that had the, the anger thing. And, uh, and so, but she would say to me, you know, can, can I just be honest with you? And I'm like, oh, dear God, because nothing ever good followed that question. 
I'm like, oh, shoot. And, uh, you know, because she'd hold up a mirror that I didn't want to see. You know, I was, the, I was the wicked witch, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And if it didn't tell me what I wanted, I'd just sell it and buy a new mirror <laughs> and uh, teach it not to tell me I was. And so she would hold up the mirror and, and so I would realize, oh, my gosh, I've got to change this and you're right. I don't know why I do this. I don't know why I lose my temper, but you're right. So I think that sorry needs to be there on both sides. I don't think that's ever, if, if you think that someone's 100% wrong and you're 0% wrong, you're, you're fooling yourself. It's never like that. But what happens is we fortify ourselves in the 30 that I'm right. I'm pointing at the 70 that you're wrong and, and there's no resolve there. So I think both parties have to have the sorry, but then you've got to figure out what your rules are around resolution and I think that all resolution has to begin with respect it cannot begin with attack it's got to begin with respect I love her I want to spend the rest of my life with her in fact when we get to heaven people say there's no marriage in heaven if Leanne has a big fat mansion on the hill and I'm in a casita down here you will constantly see me in time out you're like why the hell is Pastor Jurgen in time out again well the angels caught him sneaking up to Leanne's because uh, I, I didn't spend 30-something years the down doctor. here. I am living with her and God. You can put me in time out, but I'm going to sneak right back up there tonight. So anyway, respect. Does yes, that make sense? Yes, so. and, and I would say when it comes to conflict, you've got to put your pride down. You, you have, if you come at conflict with, with pride, it's just going to escalate. You said something uh, a little while ago, which I think perfectly... Uh, distills down if you come at conflict thinking who's wrong as opposed to how do we make it right then you'll always be headed for a train wreck but if you can think how how do we fix this instead of coming in let me let me point out the blame and your 50 55 percent you have the superior amount of blame therefore you're in you're in the dog box instead well, the thinking, fast how track, do we fix it the fast tracker and i love that so instead of coming in saying where the other person's wrong. If you want to fast track it, come in and say, hey, am I missing something here? Could you tell me where I could be wrong? And I'm telling you, you will go straight to, yeah, you, you'll bypass the jail yeah, thing or on Monopoly. Just, uh, and, because and we, if, we found, if you're looking to, to put yes. fault in the other person as opposed to, baby, how, how did I screw this up? I'm so sorry. How, tell me where which is the hardest thing to do when you're upset, angry, hurt. Yeah. Okay, help me to understand what, what have I... And that's excellent. So asking questions, a lot of, when you make a lot of statements when you argue, it feels like an accusation. So instead, ask questions. Like, I, I don't understand, help me understand how this happened, or I, I need to know why you did that. Or, you know, it, that we, it takes the sting out of the conversation. And I think you get a lot further. But but arguing is a part of marriage. Don't be afraid to you know to have. I, we're always concerned when people don't argue because they I think never well, argue. Well, oh, somebody then together? is yeah. They Either, never argue. They're not in the same room. Yeah. Ever. So it means one is domineering and the other is a doormat. Wow. You know, so that's where you've got to wonder if you never argue. Either you've kind of worked it out and been married for a really long time. Or one of you is a tyrant and the other one is mm. the captive. Wow. Wow, so good. You, um, you, you talked about conflict resolution. And, uh, you know, obviously one of the best parts of, of being married and when you get into conflict is that you get to resolve. You get to come together, you know, being intimate. And, um, but what if there's a disagreement about intimacy? Like what if husband and wife have don't necessarily see eye to eye on that, you know. I mean, the Bible says that where we're sin abound, grace abounds even more, you know, so we shouldn't pick fights just so we can resolve the conflict. But, but you know, what if... <laughs> All the men are thinking about what they could argue about on the way home so they can make up. By the way... Um... <laughs> but, but what if there is a disagreement about, you know, what does intimacy look like, you know, how do we resolve appropriately, and can you just maybe talk a little bit about the importance of intimacy and, and how to have healthy intimacy and how to resolve those disagreements. Yeah, I think, I think one of the greatest books on this is His Needs, Her Needs. Uh, 
his needs, her needs. And then there's a second great book, The Five Love Languages. And I would just say that the, the biggest key to marriage is we go in with desire, with expectation, with need, hoping that all three of those are met by the person we're marrying. And, uh, and then I think Leanne began the conversation really brilliant is that you, the list of the things that you want is actually a, a really good mirror and a really good challenge, a really good standard for why don't you become those things? And I think it probably took us 10 years of fighting about who had the least amount of sleep or who was the most neglected or whose needs weren't being met and who was being selfish till we finally figured out, my God, if I just stop my whining and instead listen to what my wife's needs are, what her rhythms are, what her you know, wants and desires are, and give myself to, to meeting all of those, all of a sudden... I've disarmed any selfishness that's that's there. She doesn't need to be because it's like, oh my God, you did that and you did that. And then it's like, well, what do you need? Well, <laughs> funny you should ask. And so uh, so we we have a we have an uh, unbelievable, you know, an unbelievable marriage. Like I, you know, I, I, I had no idea 30 years ago that marriage could be this could be this good, this fulfilling 30 years after, four children 30 years later. But I think it's because we've, you know, we figured out, you know, his needs, her needs. And uh, yeah. that's what I would say. Yeah. And I think when it comes to, to sex, we can get caught up in, we can get caught up in numbers and quotas. But if you read the, the Song of Solomon, which is the book of the Bible that was completely devoted to romance, it's amazing. It never talks about quotas. It never says, thou shalt have make love four times a week or else the Lord will strike thee. Like it doesn't Which actually I, say Which I that. tried to slip that in there. He did. I tried to. Yeah. He tried to add things. saw my handwriting. I'm like, gosh darn it. I'm like, that wasn't Only Moses. Only Solomon's handwriting. Yeah. Um, anyway, stop interrupting. Because uh, <laughs> no quotas. Yes. But what it does talk about is environments. So I want to give the husbands a key here, especially Christian husbands sometimes can put a demand, right? So it, you, you're going about it the wrong way. So Solomon talked about an environment that was created for romance to flourish. So when you read about his writings, like the guy was, I mean, he was a, he was a stud, like, my gosh, he had the roses, he had the poetry, he had the environment. Like his wife was swooning because of the environment he had created. There was no demand, there was no command, there was no quota, but he created an environment for romance to flourish. And I would say to men, that's your ticket. So if you're suffering in the romance department with your, with your bride, ask yourself the question, what kind of environment of an environment have I created? You know, does she feel secure? Does she feel loved? If, you, if you're in a relationship where, you know, you're constantly looking at other women and she feels insecure, of course, she's going to be, you know, bottled up and, and closed up in that area. So really do an inventory of the kind of environment you as the husband and leader of that home have, have created. And then um, I think from a woman's perspective, what I would say to the ladies out there, like I, you know, I, I like looking after my husband. I do. And I think, you know, that may sound archaic in this world, but look how screwed up this world is. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're miserable. Yeah. And, you know, if you look to your cues for romance from Hollywood, you're going to be train wrecking your, your, your love life in no time. But I, I, I am aware of his needs. And I love him and I want to look after him. And sometimes they can be mismatched in desire. Like, what is it? Men have a spirit of always on them. Some men anyway. <laughs> Women are a little bit more like a uh, slow cooker there. But, you know, within that, I had to, yeah, I had to find my rhythm. But, but the whole idea of sex is looking after one another. And the Bible says, prefer one another over yourselves. So when it comes to sex and intimacy and lovemaking, I'm, I'm honestly thinking, how can I look after my husband? 
and he thinks the same about me, and what you get is this collision of unselfish love. And it's a really beautiful thing. And I had to learn the environment thing the hard way, especially when we had little kids, because I'm like, we've got little kids screaming, snot is running, they're, you know. Bashing on the door. Yeah, every orifice is leaking something on one of those kids. (laughs) Get to bed uh, right now or no TV for a month. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm slapping her on the bar, trying to give her the clue, and she's like, you know, disinfecting bottles and, you know. I'm like, oh, dear God, if you touch me again. Yeah. And I'm like, hang on, why is this not working? You know, the Bible says, but not working. Will Robinson, warning, warning. And so, so yeah, I was a little bit thick. I, I was a slow cooker in the brain. And so, so then I began to realize that if I helped out, I... I had no idea that vacuuming and tidying up and emptying the dishwasher turned her on. Because Hollywood tells you it's pecs and biceps. I'm flexing away. And she's like, hey, while you're flexing, can you? And, uh, but it's amazing how the little things that they don't, they don't tell you on the big screen, uh, it, helping, thoughtfulness, kindness, kind words... Uh, flowers, a date, a break, a sitter, relief, all of those things create, created, but I did not learn that from one freaking Hollywood flick. They're liars. And no wonder they go through marriage after marriage and divorce after divorce. It's because it's, it doesn't work. So, so that's what I had to learn about. Yeah, and then also understanding the seasons of life particularly for a woman uh, when she has young children, that is definitely a season where there is going to have to be some self-control on the part of the man, usually, because she's, she's feeding a child. She's turning herself inside out. So that's where you kind of have to dig deep into that self-control. It doesn't mean that there should be a drought, but it may be a season where it's more famine than feast. Can I, can I jump into that? Yes, jump, go so on. So we, we, we had four babies. And, um, and I remember after Jordan was born, um, if I was honest, and we were again navigating, we were in a church where there was no leadership. They, they never did this. And the reason they didn't do this because the senior pastor's marriage was a mess. So that's why they never did this. They were always trying to hide it and fake it. So we had no wisdom. But if I was honest with you, there, there, was, a, there was a vulnerability there because I felt like I lost my wife because the hat that she was wearing said mama. Yeah. And right. she was a magnificent mama and a devoted mama. And so, but, and I kind of, and like, and I loved my boy and I didn't want her to stop being mama, but I felt like I had lost my wife. And at that particular time, uh, a friend of mine, they had um, a, a child, and he had an affair. And my first thought is, how the heck could he do that? Oh, my gosh. And then it was through the pressures that I realized, oh, my gosh, he lost his wife because she became mama and did not know how to communicate. And like Leanne said, did not know how to, hey, he's got to show you know, grace and self-control. But you've got to communicate. You've got to understand, you know, the times and seasons. There are winters, which are never pleasant. And then there are wonderful springs and, you know, bountiful summers. So hang in there in every, in every season. But, but that's, that's, a, that's a real big one. It's, you know, and, and I would even say to, to the wives, and I think by the time Ash came around, our number two, Leanne was brilliant at she would and I had to learn obviously how to help around the and home, but she would take the yeah. she would take the, the mama hat off and put the wife hat back on and uh, and then I was very, very happy. But I think it's important too to to talk about the communication around sex because a lot of men and women have expectations they don't verbalize and then those unmet expectations become resentments. And then before you know it, it's irreconcilable differences or your marriage is in a cold war. And it, do you remember in our early years of marriage, Jürgen didn't know how to communicate. I did. The door will slam and you should get the Passive, message. Passive, aggressive communication. So instead of saying, 
I'd like to have more sex. He would just like slam a door or, <laughs> or like walk out of the room when I was in, I, and I, I wasn't picking up what he was putting down. And eventually I'm like, something vexes thee. And, uh, and he kind of blurts it out. I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me? Like, so a lot of it is communication. Yeah. Like, don't act like a teenager. Just like say, Like I said, I had hey. no example. We just, I thought oh, these, these signs will make it obvious. Tell you. We get to tell you from our I'm going to be short, mistakes. Kurt, withholding, him. I'm going to withhold affection because you're withholding With. intimacy. So I'm not going to. I, honestly, just communication stupid. is just so important If we important can make it, anybody can, area. I'm telling you. Wow, yeah. come on, so brilliant. Yeah. How good is that? We're... We're about out of time now. We've, we've kind of gone through friendships and family conflict and marriage and intimacy. And, and just real quick to, to wrap it up, I feel like this is important to, to broaden the scope just a tad yep. in the area of intimacy. The, the culture of this world is, hey, just, you know, if you think you might like somebody, jump into bed with them and then see if you're compatible and figure it out. But, uh, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, you both, like, portrayed this intimacy in marriage so beautifully. Could just real quickly for maybe somebody who's single or dating, you know, what the importance of reserving that level of intimacy for a marriage, oh the covenant, yeah. man and a woman. Yeah, you know, um, if, if, uh, if you talk to a drug dealer and, uh, and you said, hey, I'd like to get, you know, a particular drug, let's just make one heroin. And, uh, and he'll say, well, you know, it ranges. You know, you can have this $100 heroin, then this $1,000 heroin. And if you were to ask, well, you know, what's the difference? He would say purity. The more expensive, the more pure. The higher the value, the higher the purity. The devil is a liar. He is a, a liar and a defiler. He tells you that... Purity is something that is, oh, purity, oh my God, what are you, a prude? Prudes are pure. I'm telling you, the greatest intimacy is the more pure you can keep yourself as a single person. You don't have comparisons, you don't have nightmares, you don't have memories. When we got married, Leanne was a virgin. But I didn't I didn't get saved till I was 18. So and I grew up in a in a kind of promiscuous uh, neighborhood, yeah. and so I, I, and I married this beautiful bride who has, and she's so, and I had guilt and shame and shut down, and during our honeymoon, I hope this is okay to say, during our honeymoon, it was like I felt guilty touching her. I felt guilty. And, and she's like, is it, like, are you rejecting me? Am I not beautiful? I'm not attractive. I'm like, no, you are, but... It's, you're pure and all my, th- I wished I had a time machine where I could go back and say, no, 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 keep myself pure. So this would be both our first experience and both our first. So the devil's a liar. Heroin dealers and cartels know the more pure something is, the higher the value. Don't let the devil steal the value out of your sex life. Don't let him steal the value out of who you are as a person. Purity. Can, can I say, sorry, I know we've got to go, but just because I know probably a lot of people in this room have that story of, you know, indulging before they were married or being promiscuous. So what did you do to get free from that? Because you're, you're free, like you're, you know, we have an, a phenomenal relationship on every end. But could you give counsel to the men and women out there who are like, oh my gosh, that's me, what do I do? Like I compromised and yeah. I don't want to be tormented. I don't want to, what, what, was, what was the journey you went through really quickly? You know what, it was, it was um, you know, the Bible says whoever confesses their sins, God is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse. So I found that I had to, you know, confess, you know, these things. You couldn't hide them any longer. And then James 5, 16 says, confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another, you may be healed. So God forgave and cleansed me, but I found that, I didn't get healed really till I, I actually had deliverance with, with Pastor Mike Connell and wow. broke soul ties yeah, soul and ties. Uh, just confessed and, and renounced that. And it was amazing how many soul ties I'd, I'd had mm-hmm. that were broken, that would grip. And I've even found that people who, uh, you know, have, have pornography and, you know, yeah. can form soul ties to a particular actor or actress in, in that thing. 
and require a soul tie to be to to be broken. The devil is a defiler because yes. he's a devaluer. Yeah. He wants to he wants to cheapen and he doesn't want you to have the highest potency, the most wonderful marriage, the most wonderful sex life, the most wonderful experience. So he lies and defiles. Don't fall for it. Wow, incredible. Come on, can we thank Pastor Yerdin and Leanne? There's, there's so many additional topics that we would love to talk about, like in marriage, finances, and parenting. And so if you are married, we want to invite you to our marriage getaway. It's a powerful yes. ministry weekend that we have where we can really dive into even more of these details. Uh, but Pastor, you're going to land. Would you close us in prayer? Pray yeah. over the congregation. At the end, the ministry team is going to come down. Yeah. And if you yeah. need prayer in any of these areas, we'd love to have you come down. The ministry team is going to be available to pray with you after the service. Thank you. Lord. Amen. Come on, let's just lift our hands. Come on, beautiful Leanne. Thank you you. pray. Father, I thank you for these beautiful men and women. I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word finds us today. Father, it shines light on the areas that are in darkness. Father, it brings hope to the areas that are lying in discouragement. Father God, I thank you right now. You are moving on every heart and every life and every marriage. For all those who are here today with a broken heart, Father, I thank you that you are the healer of the brokenhearted. God, we declare today over the marriages that are here, the future marriages that are to come, Lord God, that they are blessed of the Lord, Father, that these people would delight themselves in the Lord and they would experience the desires of their heart as a result. Father, I thank you that every marriage here, we just declare, and I want you to know, this is the word of the Lord, things can be better than they've been. You may find yourself in a a place of despair or distress, whether you be single or married today, but I just know that things can be better when you walk with God, when you allow yourself to be discipled and loved and led by the people, the good men and, and women of God that God has put in your life, things can be better. We are declaring a better future, a better life, better relationship, Father, every area in their life where the enemy has robbed them and lied to them, we declare, Father, that you're stepping in and better is their portion. Excellent, Father, life-giving. Lord, greater than they could ever possibly hope or imagine is in their future. We bind the devil off every heart and every mind right now. We break the power of shame and condemnation. Father, I just thank you for your, your presence, filling every heart, every life. And thank you for wisdom to come today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.